So it's been a few weeks since we last talked and you were really, really getting into the meat of things it felt like. And I'm on your Discord server and there's all this activity going on there. And the, the honest confession is I haven't had a lot of time just to try and stamp with it. I'm trying to finish a huge project, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And so I guess my first question to you is maybe because you're going to think and post this is maybe just a little summary of what we learned in the last one. Sure. And then from there, we'll pick up. And I want to know what in the hell you've been doing yeah, and basically learning. What are you learning? What are you discovering? Yeah. Right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for encouraging me to do that last video with you. I was like reluctant and a little bit hesitant. But um, I think it turned out really great in terms of being able to share a snapshot of where our thinking was at the time with some of this generative AI stuff and experiments with mid-journey and chat GPT. So yeah, that, that last video was a bit of an overview. We introduced the concept of these large language models and that how we're using them to tinker around in chat GPT and then also making images of various sorts and crafting our our prompt engineering abilities in mid-journey to start to get some images that we like. And um, I alluded to the fact that I had been doing that in a semi-collaborative environment on a Discord server I set up. And it started off as, you know, 20 people, pretty tight circle of people who I know were interested in stuff. And, and you were a part of that. And, uh, and I've expanded it out from there. And it's almost like 150 people now. And it's grown to be a really interesting consortium of like tech journalists, artists, uh, entrepreneurs, engineers, and developers, um, and and various other people. And, and for now, everyone there is known to me. And so it's kind of a safe place to uh, experiment together. And um, there's been a lot of cool connections that have been made and a lot of interesting stuff that's come out of it so far. So um, I'm really stoked to have you there. And uh, you have made a bigger contribution than you let on so far. No, I don't think so. But anyway, I didn't know we were going to post that one i thought you were going to transcribe it so um anyway an aside a parenthetical is you've got a host of different people in there different artists and entrepreneurs and tech people and ai people and all kinds of things um do you see them breaking out and any do you see them kind of nesting out in certain kind of ways or not that any one person goes into one kind of segment but are they segmentized in any way and are they are they is it you're starting to see a constellation of how these things are falling out and what people are learning or playing with or is it pretty much still just kind of a alphabet soup i guess in some ways i mean there's the group of people who are using it in the the artier way to generate images of various types so i have a friend who's a film director and they've been using the um the mid-journey image generation to generate essentially like storyboard ideas for upcoming films and interviews we're working on together. So they literally put in their gear, they put in Canon 5D, 50 millimeter lens, Hornby Island in the forest, female interviewee wide shot, and they generate a series of images. And, you know, now you're no longer working from a blank page. They, we can go and set up that shot for something that we already know we like, and we can kind of envision it along the way. I like to digress. <laughs> so can you pop up of some of those images? Is that easy to do now? Just a couple of them, just a page. I sent my son, my son a few of them last night. Yeah, I think so. There was one, there was one I really liked that was kind of white and bony and it was 
you know, he's like, oh, a la Guy, uh, Geiger, I, you know, the guy that inspired uh, Alien. Yeah, you that know? was something else um, entirely, actually. Um, yeah, it wasn't I'd exactly be, in the realm you talked about, but uh, I'd be happy to show you that too. Okay, so are you seeing my screen now, Kevin? No, yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right. So, pardon me. This is like a bit of a private zone or whatever. Um, and so, well, we're in there. Digression again. Who knows what we'll see? This is, let me intro this. This is the server that you set up. That's a Discord. Discord is an app. I take it. It's on the net, right? Yeah. So describe did so somebody hasn't seen this before. Tell them what Discord is and how it fits and um how all this works. Well, and Discord, I guess, is most similar to things like Slack or Microsoft Teams. Really? Um, it's a team collaboration and productivity tool. It's meant to facilitate short-term, quick interactions and file sharing, things that aren't meant for email, but where communication amongst the team is needed. And so you can divide things up into channels and areas and zones and stuff. So if you look here on the very far right-hand column, you'll see there's 28 of my friends online and I can see which ones there are. And then below this list, you'll see there's another 121 people who are offline. And so these green light people, you know, they're ready to talk to you and chat with you if you want, or they're hanging out online. And you'll also see amidst the list here, things like this chat GPT bot. And that's uh, uh, essentially a bot that I can send commands to and uh, and generate different responses and stuff. But let me um, stay focused with your question here for one sec. I'm gonna go into the sketchbook right here, which is where I have the mid journey bot set up. And you'll see um, right here, some images that have come up and I'm gonna try to get up for you. Yeah, can you zoom in a little bit on that? Cause it's hard to read on my screen and I've yeah, got- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one, give me one sec here. I'm just scrolling up for a sec. Past some of these experiments I've been running lately. So bear with me. You're getting close, I think. Yeah, I just want to find one of these grids first so that I can show you how, how it all comes up. Oh, these were the ones I was really liking. I that think was the one that, that one up at the top was the one I kind of enjoyed. But yeah, it's the one below that. I mean, above that. Yeah. The prompt here was sensual aesthetics of emerging silicon biological hybrid life forms, black block style. And then these other functions here at the end are commands that I'm giving the AI. It says chaos 100, aspect ratio 16 by 9, V5.1, S750, Q2. And I can tell you what that means. Chaos is... If you have it set at chaos zero, when you tell the AI to generate an image, it takes the prompt you give it and it tries to generate as close to an image of that as possible for the first one. Then when it generates the second one, it also tries to generate again, not exactly the same image, but as close to the prompt as possible. When you go the opposite direction and turn it up to chaos 100, what it does, it generates as close to the prompt as possible on the first one, but on the second one, it deviates as far as it can while still being in the realm of the prompt that you gave it. So essentially, when you turn the chaos all the way up, you get four very diverse images as opposed to four similar images. Aspect no. yeah. I was just say AR 16.9 aspect ratio that we're all familiar with. It's yep. essentially like landscape or portrait, yeah. two by three or 16.9. So you can spec if you want a square or a rectangle, exactly what you need. Right. 
V5.1 is specifying to mid-journey run version 5.1 of your AI. This is a new test and beta version that's out there. Um, the, the production version is 5.0 and all the previous versions are there as well. And each version generates different results based on the information it was trained on. So some people have preferences for different versions of it along the way, even if they're previous generations of the AI. So as I believe, it doesn't take it very long to generate an image, right? I mean, we can do a couple together if you like. I was going to suggest. So once we do one together, I might say, let's do something landscape. So I'll well, just talk out loud. Yeah, slow your roll just one sec. Let me get the um, thing back up and confirm. Can you see my screen again? I can, yeah. All right. So the way we command this thing, the bot is first, you know, I type slash and that brings up a bunch of settings that I can use. And I'm going to just type the word imagine, which is the word you use to to get the whole thing going. And then it enters a little box for the prompt there. So um, Kevin, uh, why don't you just like uh, freestyle something at me that we okay, want. Okay, so let's do imagine uh, the Grand Canyon from the South Rim uh, Cinemascope aspect ratio. I'm not sure what that is. What did you say? Cinemascope aspect ratio. It's a, it's a wide aspect ratio, like you do go to a movie with a very wide aspect ratio. Yep, yep. Um, under summer supercell thunderstorm with hail. I love it. Late, late evening light. Uh, supercell thunderstorm throw, with hail. Yeah. Yeah. Throw something. Um, throw something in there, Chris, of your own to make it a little magical. Sure. Well, let's just run yours for right now like this, just because I want to show a couple variations. So yeah. I've entered the command and it's running. You see it appended the command here with the um, functions. And I set that as my default because that's I kind of want my images all look the same. And so I've put some settings in there and it appends every prompt I make with those. I see. So, so you have a certain filters you're telling it to give it a certain look and feel. I'm trying. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm experimenting with. So I've cut and pasted to my clipboard and I'm going to drop it in here. So I'm going to just type um, 1980s film still. Wide shot. Group of youth friends hanging out at the Grand Canyon, South Rim, Cinemascope, Under Summer, Supercell, Thunderstorm with Hail. And let's just say Solar Punk Future Style. And I got this other little command I put in called Real 2. So let's just run that one too and see what happens. What is Solar Punk, by the way? I see it all the time in your stuff. Oh. It's a subgenre of like near term fiction, you know, sci-fi type stuff in which, you know, tech uh technology and its use is also tied up with a love for environment and ecology. And it's kind of a blend of of an ecological and technological movement. Um, you know, empowered by solar panels and batteries and clean energy and stuff. So holy shit, it's already done it. Well, it's and almost done on yours. Them? Yeah, it's almost done on yours. And let's yeah. see what we're getting here. Let's I, zoom a you little. watch these come up, 
and they they don't start at any one place. It starts with just a fuzzy bit of color, and it just starts getting more and more detail. Yeah, so it didn't exactly get the hail right, but you can see that. Um, you can. Oh, see they did. Yeah, actually, Chris, that what you see in that top left one with the heavy stuff coming down—that's usually hail. How can you differentiate Same over in rain? Uh, I used to be a meteorologist. So I was a weather observer, so I kind of know. But in that part of the country, particularly over there in the far, it doesn't necessarily hail, but uh, so check I bet on out. the first one. Check this out, Kev. This is your prompt with my modifications. 1980s film still of the yeah. group of people hanging out on the top. I kind of like, actually, I like all these ones. That yeah. was pretty cool. So here's what I often do. Zoom back down. So you'll see when it comes up, it comes up with these variables at the bottom, U1, U2, V1, V2. Yeah, what do those mean? Essentially, these are more commands that you can give the image, the AI to refine the, the, the image. Um, the first one means upsize one. So this is a grid of four different options it's presenting. And if I like one and want to use it as is, like right here, I can say upsize three. And so it's going to build me now uh, up, Rezzed version of that that I can use in whatever I want, you know. A technical question aside, wow. The technical question aside is, um, does all this use like super bandwidth on the computers? No, but it uses super processing power at the data center. In fact, with all these subscriptions, what you're paying for is essentially processing power cycles on a server in a warehouse somewhere um they're very 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 processor and memory intensive and so yeah that's what you're paying for in fact when i buy mid-journey subscriptions what i actually receive is hours of processing time and if so, so do you know whose servers whether they're amazons or whether they're microsoft or whether they're in what countries they're in or I don't know, you know for sure. I mean, there's a good hunch that it's probably AWS or Amazon Web Services because they power so much of the internet. But um, no, I, I don't know for sure. Um, but I learned something else interesting yesterday, kind of related to this. I just want to drop in here. Um, yeah. They were talking about the processing power required to train GPT-4. Yeah, that's one of the questions. I'm kind of wondering about all this stuff, yeah. $100 million. $100 million spent on compute power and energy, electricity, essentially, to take the large language model GPT-4 and train it. So, like, you know, this isn't just grad students with ideas popping these things up on a couple of GPUs in their basement or whatever. To train a large language model like this, you need the resources of a a huge government or a corporation. And so that's why we're seeing such reckless abandon as these uh, companies like chase to be the race, to be the first ones out there with some of this stuff and are, you know, kind of acting a bit irresponsibly in my opinion. Um, it costs a lot and it's a lot of money to be made. So um, yeah. Wow. Hey, I wanted to show you this other function right here, Kev. Yeah. Uh, V3 is for variation where you can vary the image. And this one, I haven't got, I, usually if you press the V button, it just runs some variants, but I've installed a remix option on top of it where I can change the prompt before it varies it. So let's just see if we can make yeah. this like nighttime. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something to put in there. Yeah. And uh, this is, well, this is not me. This is my, this is my humor. 
Yeah. Rapture. <laughs> All right. Well, let's yeah. try. For evangelical friends. That should make it weird. One thing I've noticed yeah. when you use the remix prompt is you end up some pretty fucked up results because it tries to hold on to what it thinks you like about the old image, but then bring in what it thinks you want about the new image. And I found that like errors often ensue. A lot of times if I see weird hands or faces on people and stuff like that, it's because I yeah. think um, of that remix function or whatever. But Does it learn from you? Like when you do with this all the time, does it start to anticipate your style or your interests and, and not make so many mistakes? I Well, I mean, it's hard to say to call what it's doing mistakes they're just not giving me exactly what i envision i guess I, it, I unless you mean the introduction of the airs like the weird hands and feet and again it still thinks it's giving me uh what i want um but no no mid journey in particular doesn't like learn you in the same way that like your chat gpt chat threads can where you can kind of like feed it background information before asking it questions um, chat GPT does kind of learn you and train to you. Whereas, uh, uh this one does not quite as much. So these are your, let me give you, let me give you your variations and then we'll back out of, uh, discord here. First. Leave your page up though. Cause I, it's a good time to do a little tutorial on what it all is. Okay. All right. All right you got it. Oops. When I, I that country well, yeah, here we go. So anyway, these are your rapture variations, and it didn't exactly put Jesus Christ in there, but you can see it's some pretty interesting variations or whatever. And you know, yeah. I'll run one more with a more of a futuristic look to it. Yeah. Let's just say, um, do I still have it in my clipboard? Oh yeah, I do. Okay, so let's start that over again. Let's go. Imagine the Grand Canyon. We'll say twenty one hundreds film still and see what it gives us the grand canyon is funny that that's what you chose under a summer supercell thunderstorm with hail and what was i going to say i was going to say a group of solar punks barbecuing picnicking let's say they'll get a ticket <laughs> And I can try to give it that other. All right, let's see. Let's get one more in there. All right. So what was the other stuff you wanted me to show you? We'll just let that well, run. Just you might quickly, if you got somebody coming in here that you could buy them, invited them into um, your server here and maybe just quickly go down when they get land, what they're seeing there and where they can interact. Oh yeah, well, this will be the main different things that wow. are going on here on the left-hand side, if you can see that. And when you first arrive, you get dropped off in the airlock. And this is just like the main chat channel where folks are sharing different things. And you'll see my Stop name- Stop it right there a minute. Stop it right there a minute. I want everybody to watch this, to catch this these two that we just went by besides the ones you've done before. Mm -hmm. have you had a look, chance to look at this one yet from yeah man mm -hmm. praveen showed it to me again yeah. and um yeah. yeah it's pretty pretty interesting it's it's deep yeah, yeah. and then the, the next one is also was quite good well this is the guy man this guy blew my mind yesterday he yeah. is, um huh, 
He's a leading AI researcher. He is committed to not pushing the bleeding edge of what these technologies should do, can do. Well, that that's not true. He is interested in pushing the bleeding edge, but he's not interested in pushing their capabilities. So he's using the previous version of GPT, which uh, is more known and understood to us. And he's using it to solve big picture problems around aligning the goals of humanity with the goals of the fucking technology. That's like his, his reason for existing right now. He's trying to make, he wants us to better understand these AIs, how they work and what's going on so that he can align their interests with ours. <laughs> he's very alarmed about what's going on. He'd like uh, to see he's the one who's talking about how completely irresponsible it is. Yeah. 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 So he's trying to say, we sh none of this should do anything we don't want it ever. We it should never do something we don't ever want it to do, and we don't know that it won't do that. And we should stop anything that could do that and figure out how to first figure out how to make sure it's aligned. That's what the alignment he's talking about is, right? Yeah, and he's not talking about mid journey necessarily. Oh no, 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 no Chat GPT as as we're using it here on the web, but. You know, he's appalled that we've taken this experiment of ChatGPT and we've hooked it up to every motherfucking thing on the internet because via plugins and stuff right now, you can access Zapier and via Zapier, you can access Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these different things. Um, you know, uh, you can hook it up to Wolfram Alpha. You can hook it up to, you know, a whole variety of different things. And, um, you know, the... The leaders in the AI industry are saying, oh, well, we have to put it out there to test it and debug it, you know, and Connor Lee's like, uh, yeah, man, that's like saying, uh, put the poison in the water to see how many uh, humans it's going to affect or if we can actually cure them or whatever, you know. So, yeah, he, he it's a, it's worth checking out. And this is the type of stuff people are sharing, both experiments, prompts. I, I really like the channel where people are sharing prompts. Um, that's how you talk to the AIs and there's some real interesting ones being shared back and forth. Um, anyway, it's a mix of positivity and experimentation with also, you know, caution and conversation about the more philosophical natures of the whole thing. So uh, maybe we won't go into the whole tutorial on how you use this. Are you going to do one sometime or help people when they come in to figure out, because not everybody, most of your friends are pretty technically you know, digitally sophisticated. I think they, everyone perceives that. I think everyone underestimates their own technical ability and perceives that everyone else is more advanced than them. You're constantly down talking your ability to keep up with this stuff. And yet you're so hip to it, man. You're not only participating in it, but you're sharing it with your people and acting as a bit of a sentinel to your crowd around what's going on here. So, um, it's not super technical, but you know, my number one advice is if you're gonna learn Discord or anything like this, first thing, configure your notifications so that you only get notifications when you want them. Otherwise, you're gonna be getting beeped and bopped every single time someone says anything on the channel, which will yeah, make it if, anybody, if anybody's been hearing beeps in the background, that's my cell phone because mine is on whatever default it was. So every time somebody posts something, it beeps. I can't believe you stuck around this long considering that, but um, it also makes sense because you're really keeping your finger on the pulse. You're hungry. No, it's things. because I haven't figured out how to turn it off. I didn't even know it was on. <laughs> we can set that. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that after this call. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do have one more thing I guess I could share yeah. with you that I'm pretty excited about that I've been messing with this week. Yeah. It's a dip deviation from where we're at now. All right. Yeah. You interested? 
yeah. Oh, we, got only, one, we only got one, 10 minutes. All right. I haven't used chat GGP, so I got one question for that, too, if we have time. Okay, well, go ahead and fire off there because I think this... Um, I want to see your thing. Go ahead, do yours. Let's make it a separate video, Kevin. It's all, all about right. mental health and journaling using AI. I Essentially, I set up a series of bots this week, agents on ChatGPT, to review my daily journals from the perspective of a whole bunch of different professionals, uh, a life coaching professional, an accounting professional, a psychologist, a spiritual advisor... Um, an artistic director. Uh, and so they read my journals each day and they make recommendations to me on my life and even a linguistics uh, expert who looks at not what I say, but what words I use and set, looks at some of the underlying things that are going on in my life from that lens. And uh, I've done, I've run it like uh, five days in a row now and it's, uh, it's ingenious. It's incredible. And um, me showing it to you will involve me revealing some personal information about what I'm going through but uh, I th I've thought about it and I think I'm comfortable doing that. So All right. How, you're a pretty transparent, like you. Yeah, but I don't let the internet read my diary. No. So, so uh, how um how hard is it to set up these little bots to do each of these things? Does it take a long time or is it? No, man, it's very easy. And the thing is, like, there's people like me who are messing around with it yeah. and on the forefront of it. And then as soon as pe these people are learning stuff, they're often capturing it and offering it to the world as a product. Yesterday, I saw a guy who wrote a little script or a bot for problem solving. It's a five stage problem solver. And, you know, like I just said, it has five stages, but he can make it so that you just enter into the box on one side, your problem, and what comes out of it, the other side is the solution. What's going on in the black box in the middle is the AI is generating 10 ideas and then ranking each one of those ideas based on its probability of success. Then it's throwing away the first nine ideas, adding nine new original ideas and scoring those against the winning idea and running that loop five times. So all you see is problem solution, but what the guys have programmed underneath is AI using a problem solving logic uh, a reasoning tree essentially to determine probability of success of outcomes based on your criteria and context. Um, so yeah, I could write an app essentially that's like check from this list of professionals, what people you would like to evaluate your journals, cut and paste your journal entry in here, boom, here's the results. So that's, that's how most people will interact with this stuff. They're not going to be in there typing code and doing different things. But um, we're learning these capabilities early and offering them to the world in, in these ways. It's fascinating. The question I have with this when you're doing this is we know it, in quote, makes mistakes. You know, it's there. It it's this is a, it's not a random process, but it's not, in quote, a perfect process. There's nothing perfect anyway. But um, how do you know when it does these things? It does nine choices. Maybe it makes you know, a bad choice that you would have rather had that way. Or if you, I know you help it do a business plan and, you know, there's no way to do, there's no even a way to know apparently how it does anything. That was my question for chat GPT. My first question was something like, when you come up with a choice, uh, do you have any sense about which is the better choices? And how do you make that? And do you have any sense at all that your, some of your choices are not as good as others? And are you, you know, is there a way to make perfect that better? 
mm -hmm. get it try to get it to be introspective about its process have you ever yeah. done that um a little bit a little bit at your beckoning you know mostly but you know here's something i picked up yesterday um from that connor guy which is just because you've been asking it questions, Kevin, and not been able to determine what criteria it uses to make choices by, does not mean that it doesn't have criteria. It just means that you haven't asked it the right way for it to know that that's what it's trying to return to you. So for sure, it's got measuring sticks by which it makes its decisions, and it would share those that's with you if I, you were able to ask it in the right way. It's kind of what I wanted to delve into and play with. It's kind of like try to find out if it knows or can tell you what criteria it's using and why it's using those criteria, those judgment points, et cetera. I know, but that's a very surface understanding of it too, because you can tell it by which criteria to make its decisions. Right. So the more context you feed it, the better results it's going to give you. So if you say the criteria for the best decision that you should chew this on is efficiency of hours involved, potential revenue outcome, and different from anyone else's ideas that you've seen out there, those are the three criteria. So you feed that into it before it does the evaluation. I love to fine tune things. It'd be perfect for me. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be so fun. I, I really have been enjoying doing these experiments with you. Yeah, well, but there's more to find out another time. But I, I want to find out how you're using it now. I know you're you're starting to coach people, I think, or something, or you got to starting to do a gig of helping people use this tool, these tools for all sorts of stuff, right? It's been amazing, man. I put myself out there a little bit, and it's coming around. I've booked like five gigs this month doing various AI related either presentations or coaching or workshops. Yesterday for the Canadian Architects of Canada Association, I booked a keynote at their annual general meeting talking about how architects and engineers can use these tools inside their studio to change their workflow and their process. And um, I'm going to be getting you and I are going to Otherworld, the regional Burning Man together and got invited into um, the Cyber Love Camp by uh, DJ Metafunk there. And I'm going to be giving a couple presentations there on both Friday and Saturday about um, generative AI for artists and stuff in particular. I've got that uh, um, Genius Machine workshop here at the Spark on Hornby Island coming up near the end of June where people can sign up and come do a several hour workshop together. That's for artists and creatives in particular who are experimenting with this stuff. And uh, I got a couple other things in the works out there too. Yeah, it's been amazing. But some of this whole business plan and the things you're doing was incepted in some parts with you asking AI how to come up with the business plan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I've been also using it to help other my friends' businesses this week. I have a friend on one of these islands here who's launching a, a counseling and therapy business. And um, man, in one hour, we were able to look at all the best independent therapy and counseling businesses out there on the internet, learn what's good about them, apply it to my friend's career um, and get very specific and actionable recommendations, including plans and schedules and budgets and stuff uh, and uh, work plans into the future that, you know, it, it's pretty incredible. I, so, I figured, I figured we jump started our business three years in an hour. So this is the through line of the two, two conversations I've had with you, which is the larger ambiance in some ways, the zeitgeist is AI is dangerous and it's going to kill us and it's going to extinct us. And everybody I re respect, a lot of respect for, says that or believes it or thinks it's possible. 
on the other hand, people like you are using it creatively, very, very effectively to really empower themselves and other people and very creative ways and are playing around with it and finding all sorts of good things to do with it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's that black and white. I share some of those concerns. I don't think it's going to kill us all, but I think that the commercial entities out there are acting irresponsibly in their speed. I think that we need to come together and understand this more thoroughly and regulate it at a big picture level. And um, I mean, OpenAI was started in response to Google's proprietary development of AI and was intended to be an open source project. But Elon Musk is, wants to sue them, essentially. They've taken this, this software now and made it proprietary, closed source, for-profit corporation and stuff. And um, one after another, we see that type of activity and it's irresponsible. So yeah, man, I think there's a lot of positive things for humanity collectively and for myself and other people as individuals. I think that we should exercise caution as a society with how we engage with this stuff. And we should educate ourselves so that we can participate in that dialogue. Um, we're really going to have to, it's going to, our brains are going to have to catch up quick, you know? So we need to, I, I think for me, I need to be talking about this stuff, tinkering with it, have my fingers in the pie so that I can um, be informed as we move forward. It's not going anywhere, but I need to be a part of the conversation. That's why I think those particular conversations we looked at uh posted one with the one i pointed out and you pointed out are really good for people to see that kind of stuff because it helps yeah, provide man. a lot of context well say goodbye kevin it says less than a minute all right perfect thanks chris where are you where are you right now i'm on my boat tell me about your boat float around now another time all right talk to you soon thank all you very right. much buddy all right